0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast
1: Network. You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining dolphin news, insight and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Uh, the Fin Fans Podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. It's Wednesday evening and I'm here with Kirk Marks. Hey Finn Fans and Jim Johnson. Hello everybody. Now, earlier in the week, uh, Lou and I were here talking to you about the draft and our feelings on it. Well, tonight it's uh, Jim and Kirk's turn to talk about the uh draft picks and, and talk about some of the free agents that were signed. So, guys, Kirk, let's start with you. How
2: did, how did you feel about the draft? Well, draft started out perfectly for me. Well, yeah, you were in Tua's corner, right? Yep, I got my quarterback. I I'm I'm very happy about that. Um, the rest of the draft that we were going to talk about, uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't flashy or anything like that, but it was something that needed to be done. And after all said and done, you know, hopefully we filled a lot of holes along the trenches and got a little bit nastier, a little bigger and meaner, huh? A little bigger and a little meaner. Exactly what we needed. No more finesse team. Yeah. It's, it seems that way. <laughs> Jim, what were your thoughts?
0: Uh, you know, I, I went into this thing figure and we had 14 picks and we would be packaging some up to trade you know up or down or what have you and i figured we'd come out of this thing with like eight or nine players for the team and we came out of this thing with 12 players out of 14 draft picks and that's that's a staggering number for for one draft and we got our franchise quarterback. We got a bunch of offensive linemen and some defensive linemen and and a cornerback. And a long snapper. And a long snapper. Yeah, that was kind of a shock. But uh, anytime you draft a, a long snapper, it's got to be somebody special. And he's... Uh, I guess, kind of a generational talent at long snapper. So, hey. Is there you know, such a
1: thing? Is it, is it that complicated?
0: <laughs> no, I don't think it is, but I guess he was the best uh, long snapper in, in all of college football. So, yeah, you know, so they said. we have uh, so many picks. I I can live with a, a late draft pick on a long snapper, I guess.
1: So but, what are your feelings on them getting uh, to a?
0: You know, in the beginning, I was kind of terrified of all of his injuries And I still am concerned. It's it's a major concern for me. I'm 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 optimistic, but concerned or worried per se that he's he's not going to be healthy enough to play 16 games a season. You know, I don't. You know, everybody. You know, a lot of people miss games. I can get. I understand that. I just uh, I don't want to see him broken and uh, on IR. But you know, his talent is just impossible to dismiss. And I know a lot of guys say he's undersized and all that mumbo jumbo, but this guy has got the it factor. Uh, He's very accurate. He creates time and space inside the pocket and and makes throws when it matters. And I'm excited to see what he can do for this team. As
1: am I, but he has negatives as well. I'm not going to get into that now, but you know, I mean, he he hasn't reinvented the quarterback position, but you know, he had a great college career. Uh, We'll have to see if it translates.
0: Yep. Yep. And, and, you know, Joe Burrow was, you know, the world champion coming out of, of, uh, college and all, but is he a one-year wonder and will he translate? You know, I, I
1: don't n- think he's a one-year wonder. Now, will he translate? That's a whole different conversation. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I think he, he had such a, he had, Burrow had such a great season. I mean, I, I don't think you can say that was in locker or anything like that. You know, I think no. he, he earned it. He did yep. it. And, uh, He played phenomenal, Uh, you know, so I like to give him credit for that, you know. And what do you think of Austin Jackson, the the, the player we picked in the
0: uh, 18th slot? Well, I got to tell you this from the after Tua, I I thought we reached several times for players that we probably could have gotten later in the draft. But with that said, it's only a reach if it doesn't work. And, you know, this Austin Jackson is a very talented uh, left tackle, and he's, you know, what they call a true left tackle. Uh, he's he's only going to be 21 years old here later th- in May. He's got a lot of upside. He's a great story. Donated bone marrow to uh, save his sister and all, you know, so it's a great story uh i feel it was a bit of a reach but if it works nobody's gonna care about uh you know picking them a little early
2: i thought that we were going to uh to trade out of that pick and get a little closer to get one of those other tackles right you um, thought they moved back up yeah, when we didn't do that and then we selected him um you know if that's if, if our team feels that that was the best left tackle on the board at that time after those others went then i'm fine with it i was thinking josh jones but uh the way Josh Jones fell in the draft, you know, it, it also leads you to believe that this was the guy. So it'll take him a little, you know, he's he's a raw talent. It's going to take him a little bit of time to uh, to get everything about. But he had some good, I read some good things about him. Well, about, uh,
1: playing you know, devil's advocate, don't you think the 18th pick in the first round should be somebody that you should be able to plug in and start right away? Yeah. Yes, that I, was, I agree. I that agree was my
0: that. concern with him being a reach at 18 and... And that was my biggest issue with the end of the first round, Uh, both 18 and 30, I thought were were earlier than they probably should be picked. But I have to give Flores and Greer the nod if, and we speak about this all the time, if you have conviction for a player and that player has the pieces, has the parts and character and talent and is what you're looking for, then I got to give them the benefit of the doubt. But... Those you know, that number eighteen and and the number thirty pick, I, I thought were both reaching a bit for those for those players. I would have rather had somebody that would we knew was gonna be plugged in and starting right off.
1: Well the thirtieth pick was the cornerback, Noah Igbenogany. Yep. Uh what were your thoughts on him, Kirk?
2: Well me me, Jim and Lou were on that uh on that house party <laughs> thing at the time. And we're thinking that we're gonna get DeAndre Swift. Uh-huh. we're going to get a player like that and when they when they said that guy's name you know we, we could see each other we're all looking at each other like who is that yeah <laughs> or, or you yeah. know we're a mckinney if not yeah. swift we were thinking mckinney right right and when that name came out we're like oh who's this guy and then all of a sudden you're feeling like oh here we go yeah but then, i think
0: i think all of us had our mouths hanging
2: open at yeah, the time every other dolphin fan probably did as well i don't yeah. think that was unique to you guys right but when uh when Greer came out and Flores came out and said that was the number one corner on their board, then there's your conviction. If they're yep. going with their best players at the top of their board and that's what they believe, then. You I know, mean, you, they, could,
1: you could beat your head against the wall about these picks, but they both make sense from a need standpoint. You know, uh, a lot of people I'm sure don't think that cornerback was a need, but, you know, if you if you spend all that money to, to pay Howard and Jones, you better be able to cover the slot receiver as well. You wasted
2: your money. Right, and and From also that aspect, it makes sense. Also, what if uh, what if X Man's injured? That's another thing. You know, he hasn't proven to stay healthy. We don't want to talk about that. Well, it, it, the the it, cornerback it, it, ties into that.
1: Yeah, it, you know, it can happen. The cornerbacks go down. You gotta have you gotta have a bunch of good ones.
0: You know, I I I was frustrated about the pick at the time. Uh, I got to be honest with you. You know, we were all thinking about some shiny new toys and. We didn't get shiny new toys. We got uh, serviceable parts, really. And, you know, we're thinking, you know, high-end tackle. We're thinking high-end running back or safety or something high up there. And we got a marginal tackle that was kind of lower on the list and a cornerback most of us hadn't heard of. But doing a little bit of research, I mean, he's a converted wide receiver and he's great in press man coverage. He's a solid tackler. My biggest concern is that he's raw and he's going to need to figure out the NFL pass interference rules or else he's going to be getting a lot of flags. So Yeah,
1: I brought up that same point Saturday.
0: Yeah, he's he's going to need He's to, a little
1: handsy. He's got to he's got to learn
0: yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's that's the biggest thing he's going to have to learn, and and some guys struggle with that. So we, you know, as you always say, Mike, you can never have enough cornerbacks or defensive backs. So you know, it, in the beginning, I was pretty miffed about it, but you know, I'm slowly coming around. You know,
1: how would you feel about the next pick, uh, Robert Hunt?
0: <laughs> you know, again, we are thinking shiny toys, and we're getting some big uglies in here and in the beginning i I was a little bit kind of bummed out a little bit but robert hunt i mean six five he's
1: the guy that i think is going to come in and start i'm sorry to interrupt you but compared to the guys we're talking about in front of him i mean i mean i think he's the guy that comes in and probably takes over on the right side somewhere
0: this is how I feel as well. And they're hoping he's going to be able to play right tackle, but he may slide into guard. But 6'5", 323, he's a big beast. Uh, some of the things I've heard, you know, talked about, uh, one of the guys said uh, with his combination of power and force, he's able to create gaping running lanes. Somebody else said he's a true road grader. Uh-huh and then another one that was i i thought was good was he has tape that makes you feel sorry for the defenders he's lined up against (laughs) we need a few of
1: those guys on our team
0: don't we this just makes you if that doesn't make you smile (laughs) and forget it and then uh one a couple of of hunts quotes himself and he says i think i play the game hard i try to strain i try to finish people (laughs) i laughed out loud when i heard that Uh and one of his other quotes that some of us has probably heard a little bit more and it says you don't get in trouble for trying to destroy people on the field so why not try to do it
1: yeah i read that one too
0: and this is this is something that we have desperately needed on this offensive line and and they say you know you win the game in the trenches and this is the kind of stuff we need on that offensive line for sure well, we, we need
1: some of those guys on the defensive line too. So they went ahead and they took uh, Raquan Davis. What do you know about Raquan?
0: Well, he's got high aspirations. He says he's uh he's he wants to be, you know, his first uh, thing he wants to do is be rookie of the year, which is <laughs> which is very uh high aspirations for a defensive lineman. They don't Well, before
1: to... he played his first preseason snap, I would say so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh You know, I hear he's an elite two-gapper, sets a great edge, good hands, timing to shed blocks and make the tackle. Uh, So these are good things. And one of the trends that I'm seeing in both their free agent signings that they've already made and in the draft is their defensive linemen, whether they're a defensive end or an outside linebacker or an edge, either way... Stopping the run seems to be a priority because they all talk about you know st- you know setting the edge and and being a uh, a good solid tackle. That's where
1: winning starts, right?
0: Exactly. So we're again building trenches, and uh, you know. The knock on him is his maturity. He doesn't always, uh, get, you know, finish getting to the quarterback when he does have rush opportunities. But you know, these are young guys, and you know, they're talking about you know the strengthening program in the NFL should help them, and uh, especially with Austin Jackson, he's only you know barely twenty one here in a few weeks. Uh, he's going to bulk up. He's going to get stronger. And uh, they say that whole bone marrow thing really kind of slowed his progress last year. So, you know, I see I see the upside to him. So,
1: And Kirk, what, what were your thoughts on the last two picks?
2: Well, on on Raekwon, I have written down here uh, that they, they had said that his last two seasons, he fell off a little bit. Um, he's supposed to be a real good run stopper. And I had written next to his name, and I don't know why I wrote it down there, but I wrote Lawrence Phillips. <laughs> Because that it wasn't nice. Well, I'm starting. I, you know, from what I was reading, I feel that he might be a little bit lazy. Yeah.
0: No,
1: I've, I've seen the same
2: thing. Yeah, and, and
0: that's that goes to the maturity. yeah?
2: Yeah, and the uh, the other player we were talking about was uh, Robert Hunt. And yes. One thing I found uh, that was pretty impressive about that was there was a, a stat in there that at a 574 snaps, he only allowed five quarterback pressures and no blown blocks. So you know, if that translates then uh, we might have got a, a real decent player right there. Well, a lot of people ex- are it.
1: saying he might have he been, been a steal, but, you know, who knows? You know, you don't know until they actually put the pads on and actually get it done. What would you think of Brandon Jones, the uh,
2: safety? Uh, Brandon Jones? Um, he has he, – he, I, I see a strong safety in him because he's a really good tackler. He's quick, yep. tough. Uh, but he has problems with ball pursuit, and he has trouble with uh, deep speed. Right. So he had 86 tackles, and I'm thinking he's the kind of player that we can, you know, we can have him there. Uh, Flores can move him around a little bit, move him down into the box. Uh, that's how I. That's that's what I get from what I read on him. And he's not really that big. He's six foot, uh, two hundred and five pounds. Uh huh. So
0: yeah, my uh, my info actually says he's five eleven and one ninety eight, but uh, you know they. The kids can grow in in six months' time, so
1: yep. you have any, anything else you wanna add about him Jim
0: uh, he is coming off a shoulder injury of some sort, also had uh i think an ankle injury in college again, like uh, Kirk said he's you know a versatile versatile guy. he can play defensive back, he can play safety, but also his coverage skills his anticipation is lacking out there, so you gotta be careful you know you don't want to leave him stranded on an island or he could get torched out there so but another good physical tackling type player for that defense
1: and what about our next pick solomon kinley
0: <laughs> he's another he's, he's another big boy he's another big ugly out there uh six three, three thirty seven. 337 uh his nickname is big fish uh you know he got that from being a lifeguard in college uh you know he was a swimmer he was a basketball player uh we did trade up a couple spots to get him you know he's another tough gritty lineman and you know one of the things that i read is he's a nasty guard who lives in scrap mode looking for fights in a small phone booth and uh again this is just something that's that's you know we don't hear this type of stuff about our linemen so this is this is good to hear. And another fantastic statistic is in 900 pass reps, he's only given up four sacks and 14 hurries. And that's in 900 pass that's reps. because
1: you can't get around him.
0: Either way, he gets the job done. You know, the biggest red flag is, can he keep the weight off to be manageable? So, you know, but.
1: Well, I tend to think South Florida will help him do that.
0: Ah, yeah, that son,
2: that son will do it to you. Yeah, run into yeah. that TNT wall. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the
1: real question with him is going to be his agility. You know, can can he survive not being very mobile? And, and, you know, we'll just have to see how he how he is once he does lose some weight and once he, you know, is on a regular strength program and, and working out and all that, see if he doesn't uh, improve a little bit. But he's not very agile. Right.
2: Well, I did, see, I did see a little bit of film on him. Uh huh. And from the right side, he can pull. I saw, him, they saw some plays with him stepping out and pulling and finishing off some of his blocks. But one of the other negatives was that because he's so nasty looking for fights, he can lose his discipline at times. Yeah. And well, I know Flores isn't going to put up with that. So
1: Don't let him know not to uh, be over aggressive.
0: Yeah.
1: How about uh, Jason uh, Strobridge?
0: this is a guy I, I he was highly rated for we picked him at 154 uh he was he was a good value pick at 154 i'm just not so sure he really fits flores's defense defense because he's primarily uh, best suited for a 4-3 de again another guy that sets the edge really well uh you know, exciting ability as a run defender, I read. You know, these are good things. I just, uh, he's going to be a rotational player, I would think, that's going to be in there. You'd want your conventional DE to get after the passer, but he's not a a huge sack master. I don't
1: think that's how they look at it, Jim.
0: Yeah, well, I agree. With With the way they're attacking the secondary, I think they're planning on the defensive ends and such to have a little bit more time to get to the quarterback
1: that and i think that they'll you know be blitzing van noy and they'll they'll be doing other things to create pressure i don't think they're relying on their defensive ends to be pass rushers is what i'm saying
0: no exactly and they're they're focusing on guys that can contain and yep. the last couple of years we have seen no containment whatsoever from our defensive ends and it's been pathetic to watch because it, every run play just just busts out through the corner and it's gone so Uh, this is great to see if we can stop the run and the, and the secondary can cover the receivers that, uh, that handicaps an offense.
2: Kirk, anything to add? No, just, uh, not too much to add. It just looks like he, I saw some film on him too. He likes to get after the ball. You have 45 tackles, three sacks. And, but they said he needs to work a little bit on his pass rush moves. Right. So that would, like Jim said, that would be one of his weaknesses, but he does, uh, he does track the tackler down. So he's got a high motor. Yep.
0: Uh, What about linebacker Curtis Weaver? This is another guy that's, you know, he played both uh, defensive end and outside linebacker in college. Uh, He's noted for his first step quickness, you know, sets the edge well again. Uh, Six foot two, 265 pounds. So he does have that uh, typical, uh, you know, build for it. You know, he's known as a goofball out there. That's OK. Yeah. But until it's, it's comical because he's he's uh you know, he's a funny guy off the field. And then when he they say when he steps across that white line, it's all business. And uh, in seventeen hundred some snaps uh, in three years at Boise State, he had thirty eight sacks and forty seven tackles for losses. So, you know, that's that's another thing, you know. Those run stops like that, tackle for loss—that's that's huge. So this
1: is another guy that they they people are saying they got tremendous value taking him in the fifth round.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. And uh, you know, he had a couple of ints, three force fumbles, and uh, six pass blocks. So you know, it's supposed to be a real smart defensive player, and he can tell you what everyone on the defense is, should be doing and where they're supposed to be. So you know, this is. Another characteristic that Flores likes, they got to be smart guys that, uh, you know, know what's going on at all times. So,
2: oh, I got him down as a 2019 first team All American. He had 13 and a half sacks, 18 and a half tackles for loss. Um, he's supposed to be good. I, you know, I heard like you guys did that we got great value for him. I heard somebody say it was one of the steals of the draft at where we got him. Yep. And, uh, I can see what Flores is trying to do here with these players. If these players work out, we're going to have something really special going because he can rotate the, all these guys in and out. You know, if they if they contribute and they work out, then we we did pretty well with it.
1: Now we talked about Blake Ferguson, the long snapper. Uh, really, not much to say there. Uh, their last pick was uh, running
0: back Malcolm Perry. Is he a running back or a quarterback or a wide receiver or You can list him in any of those
1: positions, but I know he ain't playing quarterback. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Maybe he'll be our number four quarterback. Uh this is a this is uh, you know, the the Swiss army knife per se type of player. Uh, he's very versatile. He he did it all in college. He had 4,300 and some rushing yards in his career in college, 40 touchdowns. And then he added 1300 passing yards and 10 TDs to that. So this is a guy that can run the ball, throw the ball and catch the ball. So Jim Jensen. Yes. He's, you know, he's from Navy and, uh, you know, you know, the rumor is is that the the Dolphins picked him because they didn't want Bill Belichick to pick him up from Navy. So you don't
1: really uh, believe that, do you?
0: No, but that's just one of the one of I know. The, one of I the know.
1: it's it's the dumb things that people say. Yeah,
0: I know. It's this. <laughs> it's one of the scuttlebutt articles I read, and I thought it was worth mentioning. So, uh, you know, hey, yeah, you know. If he can make plays, that's all we really care about. So if he's if he's multi talented and uh, can fit into the scheme, then so be it.
2: Uh, Kirk, you have anything to add on, on Malcolm? Well, you stole Jim Jensen from me. I had Crash Jensen written next to him. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, I'll give it back to you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, one of the you know one of his negatives though was seven fumbles last year. Okay. So he's definitely gonna have to hold on to the ball, but. Yeah, we can use them like uh if he if he makes it, we can use them like the Saints use uh Tayson Hill. Gadget player, Wildcat, trick plays.
0: Uh oh, Wildcat.
2: Yeah, I love that, wild, Tough that Wildcat. Tough for those seven round there.
1: picks to make it. Yeah, it is. Tough for them to make it. But you never know. Uh you know, we uh also uh made a trade in the middle of the draft, Jim.
0: Yeah, we did. And uh we got a running back from the forty ers We traded a fifth round pick and I was I was ecstatic because we were we were ignoring the running back position and we watched Swift and Dobbins disappear and I think everybody was kind of bummed out and uh, we picked up Breida from the 49ers and he's fast and can catch the ball. I like to pick. He's a perfect fit with our you know our, our running back room and I think it was good value and he should plug in and give us a really good running back tandem.
1: No offense to Breida, but I'd have rather had a couple of those running backs. They let slide, you know.
0: <laughs> I really wanted one of those top backs. I yeah. I honestly really did, and and I saw them get get missed a couple of times, and and we had the picks, and this is what I said at the start of the pay of the podcast. I uh, I I envisioned us packaging some of these some of these draft picks to move up for a tackle or to move up
1: for well, a, you know, we also said we didn't want them to mortgage their future, and you know? also. Oh, you know, they, they, they did exactly what we yep. asked them to do, yep. just not exactly the way we wanted them to do it, you know. So
0: Exactly. Yep.
1: anyway, you know, it it is what it is. I mean, I'm perfectly happy that they addressed the position because they needed to. And if they felt Breeder was the way to go, we'll see how it works.
0: That's for sure. And we basically only have him for one year. Right. Uh, if he if he comes in and plays really well, it's going to be hard to re-sign him. But you know what? There'll be a lot more running backs coming out in the 2021 draft, and, and we've got some ammunition there, too. So,
1: Very true. So we also signed a bunch of free agents, undrafted free agents, right after the draft completed, like everybody else does. Kirk, tell us
2: about them. All right, well, the first guy we got, well, not in any specific order, was a defensive lineman, Benita Jones. And he was uh, he's 6'1", 321, out of Ole Miss. And the thing that caught my eye was uh, Gil Brandt, had him listed as the number one undrafted D tackle. So, you know, we got, according to him, we got the number one tackle that wasn't drafted. Okay. Uh, he's another one of those disruptive gap run stuffers, which is, I, you know, seems to be the, uh, the way that we're going is to try to get those run stoppers. Um, you see it in everything 30- they're
1: doing other than the cornerbacks, right? <laughs> I mean, all yeah.
2: the linemen and linebackers
1: are all supposedly good run stoppers.
2: Yeah, they're, they're just filling up the trenches. Yeah. Um, he started 36 games, had 132 tackles, 10 and a half sacks. What I thought was pretty interesting, though, was uh, he grew up on a cattle ranch. And basically, that's where they said that he learned his toughness and, ha- and, you know, and the hard work ethic and things like that. And they're all traits that seem to fall into what Flores and uh, Greer are trying to do. They're trying to get you know, feel-good stories, pers- people that are rough, violent, you know, come from a good background. They're not problems.
0: Yeah, uh, h- high character guys that are yep. smart and tough and physical guys. Yep, yep.
2: Hey, if he can grab if he can grab a cattle by the horns and pull it down or whatever he's got to do, he's got my vote.
1: Who else do they sign?
2: They got a uh, offensive lineman who plays center and guard, Donell Stanley. He's uh, 6'3", 322 pounds out of South Carolina. Uh, he played his last ga- last uh, eleven games at center. ESPN had him rated at the fourteenth best guard. Uh, he got some nice accolades. He was the line leader, uh, captain. He won a nutrition award, leadership award, unselfish teammate award. So there's your high character player. So we'll see. We'll see how that works out. I, I do like the fact that uh, he got a lot of games in at center, and he's got you know, decent I mean, size. They
1: they got they got to groom somebody, right? They've only got the free agent for what a year. Yeah, Karis.
2: Yep, and I'm yeah, loving the fact
0: on, he's on a one year prove it contract, oh, right. right?
2: Yep, right. I'm just I'm just loving the fact that uh, after you know after the draft is over that they're they're snatching up all these guys and and some of them are going to stick.
0: Well, we picked up what eight undrafted free agents, and you put uh, you put that with the twelve guys that we drafted. That's twenty twenty guys that we've added to this roster.
1: Well, it's actually more than that because we brought in uh, Breda. Yep. And we also brought in uh, Kalen Johnson, right?
0: Oh, that's true. Well, I know we had 11 draft picks plus burrito, so uh, 12 was stuck in my head. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the fact of I'm the matter,
1: Kevin Frazier is who I met.
0: Oh, yeah. The
1: uh, safety from Dallas.
0: Right. That's exactly right. I, I didn't grasp the name there. But, I mean, the point is, is, is they've got a lot of firewood to put in the fire. And uh, it, I, we're building the trenches. We're doing everything that we really wanted them to do. They just didn't get those bright, shiny picks that we were thinking about other Uh, other than Tua. If they win,
1: we won't care about bright and shiny.
0: Oh, exactly. I Uh, agree, 100%. Who
2: else we got, Kirk? Uh, Another defensive end. His name's Tyshawn Redner. uh, 6'4", 256 out of Middle Tennessee State. Um, He played in all, all 12 of his games, 49 tackles, 10 for loss, three and a half sacks. He had an interception. He earned his team's grinder award. So there's another one of those words. Uh-huh. And he actually, uh, I saw that Bill Belichick actually went and gave him a personal tryout. So, not that that you know what you know, take that for what it's worth. But there's another one of those. Uh,
1: well, maybe we signed him so the Patriots couldn't get him.
0: Yeah,
2: exactly. Ma- that's what I was going to say with that, and the same thing with that Navy guy. If you you know, even though it might not be true, it's just interesting that it's funny. The two guys- it's just
1: funny to me that people say that you don't take him to get you better. You take him to stop the Patriots from getting better.
2: Right. Right. Well, these might be the type of guys that uh, nobody knew their names, and they end up, you know, sticking or whatever. Who knows?
1: Yeah, you never know. Um, we signed an offensive tackle.
2: Yeah, we had a right tackle, uh, Nick Kaltemayer, 6'8", six eight three eleven from Kansas State. Jeez. Uh, he started at he started at right tackle, and uh, one of his one of his quotes was he states that he loves to run people over.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good.
2: We can use that, but the only problem is. Being 6'8", I don't know if Tua can see over the top of him.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: he's, well, yeah. He's, a ta- he's a tackle. It's more important that the guards aren't that tall. Yeah, uh,
2: exactly, right. exactly. But uh, you never know. That's a that's a, that's a a big kid, and he, they say the right things. I mean, but you don't – you know, they might say they like to run people over, just like uh, Raquan Davis said he wants to be the rookie of the year, but you're going to have to go out there and prove that.
0: Yeah, the thing with tackles is you've got to be able to balance agility and power – and anchor your position and still be able to move your feet for for counters and such so it there's a lot of agility to the tackle position because you've got to be able to stop a bull rush you've got to be able to adapt to a speed rush and a spin move so not everybody has all the pieces that they can do some guys can stop a bull rush and, and some stop some people can can handle their footwork to, to stop the speed but they can't handle the power so it's not an easy it's not an easy position to fill and we've seen this throughout the NFL because everybody's after tackles.
1: Well, 6'8" is a little tall for a tackle and where it's going to cause him difficulty is um defenders getting under his pads and just knocking him back. Yep. You know, he's got he's got to really get low and uh you know, being that tall it's it's hard to do that. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how he does.
2: Yeah, like that, uh, that other uh, tackle that we had, uh, Starp was a big, tall guy that had trouble yep. with that. Yep, And
1: And um, uh, we signed a defensive lineman.
2: Yeah, we actually, we got a couple of them. One defensive lineman was uh, Ray Lima. He was uh-huh. 6'3", 305 pounds out of Iowa's, Iowa State. And surprise, surprise, he's listed as a run stopper.
0: <laughs> I think I so,
2: hear
1: a trend. Yeah, yeah um they're tired of giving up so much yardage on the ground that's what that's what that trend is
2: yeah they're going to put an end to that they're definitely going to put an end to that
0: it seems that but, way
2: uh the bleacher report had them listed as the the biggest eligible interior lineman sleeper so interesting yeah so we'll see how that plays out but i'm i'm liking all this the uh, run stopper people were bringing in
1: well how do you feel about a defensive end they're moving the tight end
2: yeah uh Bryce Sturck, 6'5", 261 out of Montana State. Um, Miami had touched base with him and asked him if he would, you know, possibly consider switching to tight end, which he said yes. So they yeah, picked he, him up. The interesting <laughs> thing about him, he he did play for the University of Washington and his line coach, uh, Jeff Choate, uh, left Washington to become the head coach of Montana State. And Bryce went with him, had 61 tackles, 17 for a loss. And he's a bull rusher with a high motor, so. But now he's switching over to tight end. But, you know, it was a, a pretty cool story to follow your coach to another college, especially yeah. if you're leaving like a University of Washington to go to a Montana state. It shows me that there's some kind of loyalty involved in that too, another high character.
0: Yeah, well, I guess Flores or Greer had spoken with him about uh, changing to tight end. And and he, the kid thought it was interesting and and chose the Dolphins over three or four other teams that were after him as well. So... You know, that's another good sign that he liked what Flores... He said something
1: about liking the challenge of doing that, of yep. making that switch.
0: Yep. And, you know, I mean, it's another player that chose the Dolphins over other teams. So this is, you know, that's it shows you that they like Greer and they like Flores and they like what the plan is. And uh, it's good to see.
1: You know, the more it happens, the more it'll happen, if that makes any sense.
0: Oh, exactly. It's, it's no question. It's just a it's a trend, another trend that we're seeing. We're seeing guys choosing the Dolphins over other teams. Uh, you know, a year ago, everybody was saying, oh, we're not going to be able to sign anybody because they won't want to come here. And I'm like, uh, how's that working out for you?
2: <laughs> exactly. We signed a couple of wide receivers. Yeah, the the interesting one was, uh, and the guy's got a great name. His name's Kirk. So, <laughs> he's automatically cool with me. Kirk Merritt, uh, he was six foot two fifteen out of Arkansas State. Now, the interesting thing about him was that uh, he started his college career at Oregon, and got himself in a little bit of trouble. And he he also played for uh, Texas A and M. But what I found interesting was he was on Netflix had that show Last Chance You, which was uh, Eastern Mississippi Community College, and that seems where a lot of players would go that were Division One players, would go to this community college, you know, for, uh, for different reasons, academics or getting in trouble, get their act together, and then try to get a scholarship to come back up to Division I. So it ended up working out for him. He got a scholarship to go to Arkansas State, and he, uh, last year he, was, he had 64 catches, 763 yards, and 11 TDs. Um, but what I noticed, you know, from watching that Netflix show and some other uh, tape on this kid, he is he reminds me a little bit and i don't want to say preston williams because we only had him for you know one season but he's he goes up and fights for that football just like he does he goes up and he catches it and brings it down and one of his uh positive things was you know they said he was a tough nasty player with great mitts so he's got (laughs) those hands yeah so those 50 50 balls he'll go up there and fight for them and you know, to, to grab him, and I, I, I don't know if you guys saw or not there, but a lot of people thought that we did well by grabbing him. You know what his 40 is? I don't have his 40 time.
1: I don't know either. I didn't look it up, but I'm, I'm curious. Uh, he, if he can run at all, he's got a good chance.
2: Yeah, but he looked, he'd look good if you guys get a chance to watch some film on him. He looks good. he an took another player.
1: receiver, uh, Matt Cole.
2: Yeah, Matt Cole, I didn't have too much information on him, uh, He's a Division II player out of McHenry St- uh, State. He had a decent year. He was 43. Uh, nine. He had 939 yards and uh, 12 touchdowns. Uh-huh. But I didn't have too much information on, well, on him. Yeah, I know. Some
1: of these guys, there isn't a lot of information on. Yeah, it's, time now, what to, about, it's
2: tough to find stuff on Division You know, Division two yeah, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly.
1: What about Kalen Johnson, the linebacker?
2: Kalen Johnson, uh, 6'2", 230 pounds out of Pittsburgh. He, uh, he started at uh, Florida. He was a Gator, then he transferred over. And basically what I got written down there is he didn't really start too often. He was more like a deaf player. And, he, you know, he would come in in situations. So I don't know, you know, how that's going to translate uh, to the pro level. I don't know if, um, if you guys got anything else on him. No.
0: Probably going to have to make his way through special teams.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's what I feel.
1: You know, I mean, these are 22 guys we just talked about, and, uh, you know, we have a 55-man roster, so, uh, you know, the odds of some of these guys making it are not going to be high, you know, uh, especially on the free agent side, you know, maybe maybe two, three guys at most will make the team, um, you know, and then, the, you know, the draft picks, uh, how many of those are going to make the team, because obviously we've drafted more players than we usually do. Uh but again there's there's a lot of opportunity on this team. So really it's going to depend on them how many of these guys really step up and prove that they need to be kept, you know. Uh it, it's going to be fun to see, especially with the linemen. That's going to be I'm really looking forward to watching that offensive line compete. Uh it's it's going to be fun to see because they're all fighting for starting jobs. I mean literally any of them can take over a starting job.
0: Yeah, same same with the defensive ends, really.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know so it's going to be fun to see if we if we have a training camp it's going to be fun to watch. Um so I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully we'll see it.
2: Yeah. That be So
1: nice. what 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 the picks were you guys really happy about? I mean obviously Tua everybody's excited about the quarterback, but aside from him uh is, is there a guy you're really really glad they got because you wanted him?
2: That's a good question.
0: <laughs> Realistically no. They they really didn't draft how i expected them to draft well i uh-huh. should let me back that up uh, they drafted kind of like i thought they would they just they kind of reached for some lesser known players and and the whole reach thing it may or may oh, not yeah. until I, that, until I think, that,
1: I think they might have reached for guys with a high upside
0: exactly
1: uh, guys they really really like the measurable's with and they you know they like the uh, physical traits but the guys that are not quite there yet and uh, you know, uh the, the, the cornerback, the offensive tackle, these are guys that I think that they feel have very bright futures if if they can mold them. And I really think that they believe they can or they wouldn't have drafted them.
0: Yeah. And and I hate to keep mentioning this, but living up here in New England, I, I every year everybody is bamboozled by the the players that the Patriots draft. And they pick people that nobody's heard of, and they bring people out of the woodwork, and they plug them in. And Why they, are we
1: talking about the Patriots? I'm you just, live up I'm, there?
0: I'm just, I'm just making the point <laughs> that it's a very similar the way that Greer and Flores making their picks is similar to what right. happens in New England. And I, 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 don't like to keep making the comparison, but you know, Flores is, uh, well, you know, you know,
1: he comes from that school, so right, there, the, right. there's the correlation is going to be there a lot. Yep. yep. Uh, and in a way, it's good. In a way, it's not good. It's not good because I don't want to hear you talking about the Patriots every week. But I it's know. good in the fact that he came from a successful program, and he's going to take some of their habits. Yep. So there's pros and cons to everything, so I won't get too mad at you. There you go. But, uh, you know, I, I think that some of that does rub off. And, uh, you know, I mean, they're pretty much playing, you know, the same defense that the Patriots play. Uh, so, you know, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Well, it depends on how the defense does.
0: Yeah, if it works, it's great.
1: That's right. So, and, and the same goes with their drafting philosophies and everything else. So, we'll see. I'm looking forward to the season, guys. I can't get here fast enough. Yeah. To, if we don't know when here is. That's that's the problem. I wish we did. Yeah. You know, I really wish we had a date. I don't care if it's November. Give me a date. Let me know what's happening. But uh, <laughs> well, we got a,
2: we have a uh, pretend schedule coming out on May 9th.
1: <laughs> well, they may have moved that up. Yeah, they're they're possibly extending that date out, so we'll see. Uh, I read that today. I don't think it's set in stone, but uh, right. we'll see. Uh, so they, they could move it forward before they actually make an announcement, because I think they would just want to see where we're at over the next couple of weeks, and then they'll decide what they're going to do.
2: Yeah, because I, I even so. heard that the season might not even start till October.
1: Yeah, I've heard all kinds of
2: stuff. Take bye yeah. weeks out, and there's all kinds of stuff out there.
1: Yeah, right? it's just I think that's all just speculation.
2: Yeah, but uh, as far as the as far as the draft goes, um, we we complain about you know over the years not having a pass rush or not be able to stop the run or our offensive line stinks because we can't run the ball, and you know after I look at all this stuff and some of them are reaches or whatever, but maybe they might not be. The main thing is we grabbed a lot of people, a lot of big nasty beefy guys. And if they work out we fix that problem, we know that it wasn't a one-year fix. Next year, we have all those draft picks. We might be able to get some of those shiny toys with some of those draft picks because we addressed the the meat and potatoes this year. Look, I look at this draft and I see two things, run and stop the run. Yep. Uh, That's what I see.
1: I mean, you know, that's what they're trying to accomplish.
0: Build the trenches. Yep. So
1: how can you not be okay with that? That's football. You've got to run. You've got to be able to stop the run. They're going about it the right way, boys. I think we're going to be happy with the result if these if these players are what they think they are.
2: I think at some point I might even have to uh, pony up and pay for playoff tickets. Oh, don't get oh, carried away! I that, didn't say this year. Is that I said P-word at some again? point. Uh. At some point. I'm not talking about the Patriots, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking uh-huh. about all these years that I've been getting these tickets. Now they got something called pay as you play, and luckily uh-huh. I haven't had to pay yet. Well, not on un- you know you know what I mean, right? But at some point, that's going to be all done. I'm going to have to start ponying this cash up, which I'm I'm very happy about.
0: I was going to say, what do you mean, luckily you haven't had to pay?
2: Well, when they're taking money out of your team and your, and your team stinks, you don't want to keep pulling it out of your pocket.
0: I suppose.
2: Yeah, uh, well, look, uh, first things first. First, we
1: have to win two games in a row. <laughs> yep. You know? Then they have to win a division, okay? You know? Yeah. And, and then they have to you know hopefully qualify for the playoffs and uh win a playoff game and, and then maybe win two playoff games you know it, it's it's all gradually all, all baby steps and uh if they can push some people around maybe they'll be able to accomplish those baby steps before too
2: long we'll see yeah, because you just don't want to get there you want to be able to compete Exactly. You hate to get
1: there and lose 42 to nothing yep. on you know, the first Happen. round. You, you wish you hadn't have made it because you, now you don't have a good draft position the next year. You got a crappy schedule and uh, you really weren't good enough to be there.
2: Right. You, you well, the, another that. reason why I think they're going to get those toys uh, next year is because, you know, depending on how things work out, that's probably going to be Tua stepping up next year if he doesn't play this year. And then you can get him some toys and some weapons to go with it yep well and then he, a he, Lyman, he might already the have this him. year the lineman this year get to uh to gel yep
1: that's the key right there getting that offensive line into shape that's yep. gonna be a challenge for whoever uh, yeah. has to do it, whether it be uh the offensive line coach or the offensive coordinator or whoever is ultimately responsible for that
0: yeah especially if you've got two or three rookies out there uh trying to take starts it's it's gonna be some some broken plays here and there. Well, I'm
1: sure, you know, that was a reason they wanted to bring in some uh, veterans, you know, Karis and, and people that have, a, you know, a semblance of an idea how it's supposed to work. So he'll be able to help the rookies. All right. Uh, anything else we want to discuss tonight? I
0: think that pretty much covers all these, uh, the new po- bodies we have on the team. I think we've uh, covered it pretty well.
2: It does. Kirk? No, I'm, I'm good. I, we, we good. Talked a, we talked a lot, got everything off our minds. All right. Now it's a wait and see game.
1: Yeah, pretty much. But I'm I'm you know, again, I'm looking forward to it. I want to see these big boys push some people around. I'm I can't wait.
0: Exactly.
2: I do too. I'm so aren't you so tired of just being bullied? Yes. Yes, You know, every time you play Baltimore one of those teams you just get bullied around.
1: Yes, and you know what's gonna happen before they kick off. That's the problem. That's the part of it I don't like. You know, I wanna go into a game feeling like we got a good chance of winning, you know, like we used to feel like. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Turning on the TV on Sunday and thinking we got a good chance of uh, winning or going to the game and feeling like we have a
0: good chance of winning.
2: Yep, absolutely.
0: I'm I'm looking forward to seeing some push from that offensive line. Too often we see them going backwards. We want to see them pushing the defense this time.
1: Yep. All right, guys, uh, we'll be back next week. And uh, until then, thanks for joining me. And everybody, thanks for listening. Fins up. Fins up, Dolphins. Fins up. Everybody have a great night. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network.